Hello, everyone. It's time for Van Chicagoland Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Pete Costanas. This is episode 285, season 12. Today's date is December 10th, 2023, and welcome to the program. On today's show, uh, this is going to be an unusual show. Uh, I'm going to talk about, uh, uh, well, first, I'm going to talk about my earliest Christmas memories as a child in Chicago. Uh, like, for example, the toys I received, uh, the Christmas tree, you know, the first Christmas tree I've seen, and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm getting into more detail to that. Also, uh, I will talk about my fourth anniversary of being diagnosed in, of having prostate cancer. I felt compelled to talk about this because it's very important. And uh, I know it's sort of a depressing subject. I've talked about it many times, but uh, this is very, very important to me. And I have to say that, and this will be very important to uh, men, you know, who I hope it doesn't happen to them, but it, but it does happen. And I will explain my journey of this and how to prevent it, you know, and uh, we'll see how it goes, okay? All right. Right now, the program, the program, excuse me, the program will go will go into a commercial break. And this program is brought to you by McDonald's gift certificates. <laughs> I remember these. Oh, oh, that was, those were fun items back in the day. So here's a commercial. So, they did eh, 1976, 77, around that time. So sit back and relax and just enjoy it. Thank you, everyone. There's lots of folks you shouldn't forget. When giving McDonald's gift certificates. The paper boy who delivers through thick and thin. The lady who teaches your son violin. The barber who cuts your hair just right. The sitter who sat for you Saturday night. Say Merry Christmas with McDonald's gift certificate. Each costs 50 cents. The book of 10 costs $5. No. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial for McDonald's gift certificates. Uh, they were very popular in the 70s, 80s, 90s, I think. I'm not sure about I'm not sure about the 90s. I remember these very well. Uh, I did get a few of them. 
in my lifetime from people I used to go to McDonald's and, you know, order like that because I love fast food. <laughs> it just, it's so addictive like that, especially uh, all kinds, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, White Castles, uh, you name it. And uh, I do go once in a while, not like I used to because of health reasons. You have to be careful. When I do go, uh, I try to get the leanest meat. You know, I'll do that. Or like for French fries, I would get I would order no salt. I always uh, request that. And uh, you know what? They're tasty that way. Sometimes they come out hot, and they're good like that. And uh, so I'm careful. So far, I'm fine. You know, with that because well, I have high blood pressure, so. Take medication for that but i do like i said before i do take you know just take it easy for a while get a hankering uh right now they have gift cards not certificates uh, just like any other place uh the cards replace the papers you know the paper certificates i don't know there's something nostalgic about that uh with mcdonald's gift certificates you know they come in paper form um, I haven't bought one in a long time, uh, but they're out there. And uh, these days you do it on your phone, you know, you do it all electronically, you know, not like when you go up to the counter, you have it stuff in your pocket or your purse and just hand it to the cashier <laughs> to buy something. But uh, this commercial that I played was very nostalgic, you know, like that. You know what's so funny about it? When you see a McDonald's commercial, the food looks much better than it does than it actually looks when you visit the restaurant, which is true. <clears throat> it looks so tempting, it looks so good. You can't help it because uh, I'm a hamburger freak. I love hamburgers. I can eat every day, but I don't know. Okay. At the beginning of the program, uh, I mentioned I'm going to talk about two things. My earliest Christmas, excuse me, my earliest Christmas memories as a child and also my the fourth anniversary of being diagnosed uh, with prostate cancer. Okay. Uh, I will start that first because this, I want to get that out of the way, you know, because this, this is tough. This is very tough. Seems like yesterday, you know. Um, cause, uh, I'll start at the beginning how it happened. Uh, I went out for a routine checkup, uh, at my doctor. He noticed my PSA was way up and he says, oh, you got to see a urologist. You got to see a urologist. Now. Oh, okay. And I couldn't think of one, uh, on the top of my head. Uh, my mother was with me and she suggested, uh, why don't we go when your the one your father went. I said, all right, uh, we'll call him. Uh, his father retired, uh, the urologist, but his son was there. You know, and uh, I made an appointment. I went to see him. Uh, he did the exam, you know, where we're at, in the back. <laughs> and he noticed a lump. So he ordered a biopsy. Now, that, that sounded scary. It really did. But I had to do it. So he scheduled a biopsy. I went uh, no, December 
2nd or something like that. I first went to the my regular doctor like in November around yeah, before Thanksgiving on 2019. So I went for the biopsy um, and then in a few days uh, they made an appointment and I went to see him again, the urologist. And then on that day, my mother was with me and he told me, you have prostate cancer. The funny thing about it is I had no motion. I didn't feel, it was like, I didn't like break down and cry. I didn't like get angry. I, I don't know why. Maybe it was a delayed reaction. And uh, I could tell from my mother's face that she was devastated. She really was. And I came home and I told my brother, and then I called my other brother who lived in California and told him the news. and. They were so worried. And then I got worried. Then, um, so they sketch, uh, the funny thing about this is uh, uh, about a few days later, then it just hit me. You know, I was alone in my room and then I just started bawling. I go, and I said to myself, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this. I have been to Chicagoland going, everything's going great, and now this happens. And uh, I thought about quitting. I thought about quitting it so I can concentrate on my health. And I said to myself, no, why should I do that? I want to beat this thing. I want to beat this. You know, um, many men have. Many men have done this, and I want to do that too. I was scared to death, but I want to do that. Then, uh, then the doctor called the urologist. I said, and he says, no, "I'm not taking care of you anymore because your insurance doesn't cover. You know, our office doesn't cover your insurance." Which, oh, that's great. You know, I got uh, punched in the gut for this. You know, and that was that sucked. <laughs> Sorry for that language, but that's it did for a while. Now I had to go find another doctor, which was a pain in the butt. Um, I did a internet search. Uh, I had a little help from the insurance company, and lucky enough, I found one. And they uh, made an appointment. Uh, I met with someone, uh, this urologist, well, he was there, but then he left, but he, I did talk to him. He was a very nice man. And I explained what happened. And he, and I, and he said, that was stupid. <laughs> what, what, what kind of physician would do that? And I could tell by his face, he looked very angry. Like, he, like oh, he looked like he had blood in his eyes. But I explained to the doctor what happened, what happened. He says, don't worry, you're in good, you'll be in good hands here. And then he told me about another doctor who I am seeing right now. He's very good. And uh, that was for a consultation. Yeah, he made an appointment for a consultation. And then I did, and I saw the other doctor, and he says, no, based on your x-ray and the condition you're in, we have, you have, to, we have to remove it. It is terrible. It is god-awful because it'll spread very quickly. We have to do this soon. And I said, all right, doctor, but you know, you know what that means. You know, I'll have no prostate. You can't have children. You know, you're, 
you know, you won't have like uh, when you when men have this, you know, they really worry about impotency. That's true. That happened to me as well. So I said, but you got to think about your life. You want to live. You want to live for a long time. I said, okay, doctor, but I made up my mind already. Just get it out. Just get it out. He said, okay. So uh, we scheduled the appointment at the hospital. It was in April 6, 2020. I was at the hospital. The thing was, this was during the time when COVID uh, in the United States really hit hard. And it was scary. It was a scary, scary time. And uh, so I went there and it was like, it was tense. I was frightened to death. I don't know. But the funny thing is, uh, my brother and my mom, we went together to the hospital, but they could not go with me to the operating, you know, they wouldn't go with me to visit or, you know, they just wait. And my brother waited in the car for three hours, which was, I felt so bad. He couldn't come eat. They wouldn't let him in because of COVID. And my mom had to be in the waiting room all that time and didn't know anything, nothing. Uh, they had a screen or something. That's what she told me about uh, the status of the operation. And then uh, I was operated. They removed it. Uh, there were some microscopic um, cells left over, very teeny tiny ones. It it it, it could spread, but it's, it was very slow. It'll take years to do that. But but the doctor managed it out, and then once the operation, it was a success. You know, it was gone, but it was very hard, according to him. And he and he came on. He told my mom everything went fine. You know, but you can't see him. You can't see your son. So you have to come back. Uh, maybe in two. So I stayed at the hospital for two to three days, you know, to recuperate. I was all alone. All I, had, I had no visitors, none, nobody. All I had is the nurses. The doctor came by. That was it. I felt abandoned, you know, and sad. It was frightening, you know, because COVID was out. I was scared to die. I wore a mask. All, all during that time, even in bed, you know, because it was rampant, you know, the, the the virus that is, and so uh, in a few days, a doctor told me you're doing okay. I had to wear a catheter. That was t- that was tough. Uh, then I was sent home. I had to recover. It took a while. You know, because I, it was leaking, I had to wear a diaper. You know the, you know the, the, that's how the procedure is. And then he scheduled me for radiation. Uh, that was in the summer of uh, August or something like that. And uh, that went well. I went for thirty nine days. You know, radiation. I went every day at nine o'clock. And uh, it was nothing. You just uh, change into your gown. You lie down in, in front of this machine and did that. The people there were very nice, you know, and uh, they were like family in a way. And I was done, you know, and I had complications. You know, I had an infection from the catheter. 
And my doctor goes, oh, no, just uh, I'm glad we took this off. Just drink a lot of water. And he prescribed me some uh, bio, um, antibiotics immediately. And I recovered that, you know, and it took the recovery took a long time and for me to gain the strength. And then he prescribed me a medication called Orgovix. That's like a kind of depresses the testosterone. That works fine. I'm still taking it today. And then went for I went for his checkups for PSA. They've been going down, you know. But sometimes they they go up, they go down. It's like a roller coaster. It goes up and down, up and down. And uh, I was cancer free October twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, which is great. But then uh, later on, the PSA went up because uh, they found a spot on my rib on the 10th rib on, on the right so it could be residue it could be it could be another it could be i don't know how that word says metastasized like that it could be that or not i don't know so he so he prescribed me a standy and uh that's a medication and i've been taking that since uh last since last year around this time and the pca goes down uh, I've been taking that until like late until August of this year, and I had trouble with the insurance, and I didn't take it for a month and a half, and then the PSA rose again. So that's probably what happened. So uh, we got that straightened out, and they resumed late September, and the doctor said, "Well, it takes about two or three months to really kick it in, you know, to like that." And he was right. Now I feel more. I feel tired. I had no energy. I just lie down all the time. At night, it's worse because I want to sleep. I don't want to sleep more like that. So, so far, I'm doing okay. I will see the oncologist in February 22nd. Now, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, if the PSA is still up, he's going to try a new medication because there's a lot of them. I have a lot of options, which is wonderful. You know, that's great. Not like years before you know there are we have more options and then i will see my uh urologist in march okay so but you know something uh being told that you have cancer is awful it really is and i didn't tell we didn't tell anyone about this right away it was christmas time and i agree to that I waited until after Christmas, and then in January, mid, like mid-January, I announced it to social media. I asked my family first. They said, go ahead, yeah. So, uh, but first my mom told the media family after that, and I said, okay. But, you know, when you tell somebody, someone else is going to know, and this other person is going to know, and this and that. Well, go, what about hiding it? You can't, really. So I made a video and I announced to everyone, you know, on Dan Chicago and my fo my followers, what's going on. And I had the biggest support I ever had, really. People I don't even know. Uh, also, uh, people that I do know, you know, from school, from you know, grade school, high school, uh, places I used to work, and they were shocked very shocked and they're like uh and then when i see him in public uh they were like uh we're so sorry I mean, we didn't know and they were they gave me a hug they kissed me they 
they would tell me to feel better, fight it, just fight it, you know, and I, I've been doing that. And I've been doing it ever since. So, uh, so I, uh, yeah, I'm still fighting. It's, uh, it's a long journey, you know, and, uh, and I get a lot of support, not just from my family, my followers, also from the media. People in the media, they, they know about their Chicago. They came out to reach me. They send me messages. I've met them in person. Some of them, they told me, oh, we're so sorry. We, you know, we, we love your page. We, we And I hope you're feeling better. Every time I see somebody, that's how I'm doing health-wise. And especially men, because they're scared to death. They really are. They're scared to death because they don't think it's going to happen to them. But it did, and it happened to me. So I always tell people, so I always, always tell men and women, you know, if there's something wrong with you, go see a doctor. You know, have che- have yourself checked out. You know, that's for men. If you don't feel right, you know, if you're going to the bathroom a lot and you have a pain, go see them immediately. You know, if you don't, it'll be too late. Because I know a couple people did that. A lot, a couple of men I knew. You know, they're dead now, so um, because they refused to listen, they didn't listen to their wives, they didn't listen to their girlfriends, they didn't, they didn't listen to themselves. They just uh, they ignored it, you know. They ignored the symptoms. Just please, please go see the doctor. Go see the doctor. Uh, because it could save your life. It really does. And I, I spoke. I have spoken many times, you know, on social media. Please do that. Please do that. And uh, so it's tough. It really is tough. I want to live a long time. I really do. So I change my health habits, you know, most of it. I do exercise a little bit. I do a little walking. But now I'm 60 years old and everything hurts. <laughs> you know, so I get bad knees like that. Uh, my feet hurt sometimes when I do too much walking. But I do a little walking. I do keep active. Also, I got new glasses, and I found out I got cataracts. I got a little cataract, so that's old age. So that I should be operated maybe next year or the following year. We'll see. But they're very small. But that's how it is. So I wish, I wish n- nobody would get this, what I have. Nobody. It would break my heart. But if someone did, they can reach out and talk to me. And some people have. They have reached out and, t- and they told me that a lot of men are embarrassed to talk about it but not to me you know there are support groups but they reach out because um they're in chicago and they they know who i am what i do and uh it's wonderful and i love to give advice and i love to tell i love to hear their stories and and i, and I give them support and they uh sort of lift their spirits like that so I'm still fighting. I'm here to stay. And I will continue to do Van Chicago Land and the podcast for as long as I can. And I feel good now. I really feel good. <sighs> so that was tough. <laughs>
Okay, uh, right now I'm going to take a break. Uh, we're going to play another commercial. And then I'm going to talk about uh, my earliest Christmas memories as a child. So this is more uplifting what I talked about, not, uh, what I just did, what I talked about that. Excuse me. All right, right now I'm going to play a commercial. And this is a, from 1981. It's a the Ronco Glass Froster. Remember that one? Uh, it's a Christmas commercial. So sit back and relax, and I'll be right back, folks. Thank you. To a beer drinker, there's nothing like a cold beer served in a frosted glass. And now you can frost glasses at home instantly. Introducing the Ronco Glass Froster. It frosts all kinds of glasses. Just press the lever and frost glasses for mixed drinks, for soft drinks, for wine glasses or dessert glasses. It's a must for parties. And for only $8.88, they really do make great Christmas gifts. Available at these fine stores. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, everyone, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial for Ronco uh, um, Glass Froster. Uh, it was a Christmas commercial for 1981. I remember this product. I never had it. I wish I did. You know, that, that's kind of cool. You know, who who doesn't like a cold, cold glass of beer or uh, soda pop or dessert? That's mm, nice. <laughs> Ronco ch- turned out a lot of great products. <laughs> Still in business. Uh, Ron Popeil, he created us. Uh, he's, uh, he's been dead for a few years, uh, but uh, what a mastermind. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, before I get started on the second topic, you know, I want to say this is a, this podcast is the first time I had a lot of, I had some, te- a lot of tears in my eyes. You know, I was cr- almost bawling, but I'm all right now. It was hard. So uh, I'm doing okay now. So I just have to get my mind off of it and uh, just move on, you know. Let's move on, and uh, I will do my best, you know. I just have to think positive, you know, and everything will be okay. All right. Second topic I will talk about is uh, my earliest Christmas memories as a child. And I posted a photo the, the, the other day. It was me sitting in front of a Christmas tree when I was one years old. And we lived in South Shore neighborhood on the south side of Chicago in our apartment. And uh, it was, I don't think it was my first Christmas tree uh, because I was, uh, because I was born in 1963. Is uh, That photo is from December 64. And it was a year later. Uh, I don't think my mom has a picture of that because I was a baby, you know, and uh, I wouldn't know how to sell it. But when you're one year older, you're a little more aware Christmas, but I thought that was a cute photo of me. And uh, yeah, we lived there. Uh, that was our first apartment. And then my brother was born uh, the following year. And then we had more pictures of 
Christmas tree. But uh, the earliest memory of uh, the Christmas tree was, yeah, it was uh, in South Shore. I was about maybe five, five years old. That was the year after we moved. I remember seeing it in uh, by the window. You know, in the living room in their apartment, uh, we moved to another apartment uh, after that because uh, you know my mom had uh, another baby, so it was me and my bro brothers. I remember looking out the window and it was snowing. You know, I look out there and uh, like it hit the sidewalk and it's so pretty. You know, around Christmas time, it's a nice, nice feeling and those beautiful lights. You know, I'm not talking about those skinny lights. I'm talking about those big bulbs like that. You know, I don't think they, you know what? I don't know if they sell those anymore. They have skinny lights because the big ones were huge, but sometimes they burn, you know, your Christmas tree. Uh, we never got a real tree. Never. You know, uh, my father was working at nights. He didn't have time and he wasn't interested. <laughs> We always had an artificial one. We still do to this day. And, you know, it, Christmas is special because that's my father's name's day. His, his name was Chris, naturally. Usually we go to church on that day. You know, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful time. A lot of people don't go. It's kind of sad. <laughs> and uh, my mom has been, uh, been cooking. She's been cooking ever since I was a child. Uh, you know, we always have traditional lamb. With potatoes, uh, she would make pastizzo, you know, Greek lasagna, you know, she would bake uh, melamocarana, those honey dip cookies, you know, I always post pictures of those, and of course, Christmas bread, and she's still doing that to this day, she's 88 years old, and she's doing all that stuff, I told her, slow down, or just don't, don't overdo it, you'll do something simple, but nope. She refuses. She she wants to make this make us happy, you know. But she gets tired at times. With I told her, just relax. Don't overdo it, please. You know. But she she loves that time of year, and I do too. It's my favorite time of year. It's Christmas, like that. And uh, as the years went on, we changed. We had you know we threw away the artificials. We got new ones. Then we moved to Roseland. We lived ab above the shoe store. Uh, property owned my father, and there's a few. And then we moved to Ashburn, and we got more uh, another Christmas tree. Some were big, some were small. We um, the ornaments, uh, you know, the original ornaments. We had them stored in the basement uh, at, at around in the 70s. But you know, we had a big flood in 1975, and uh, they were ruined. You know, in the basement. So that was sad. Uh, I was devastated. We salvaged a few, and we still have a couple, but we, but over the years we bought new ones like that. And you know, you always buy lights, and sometimes they're burned out, and uh, you know, like you have one string and one one few bulbs are burned out, and then go, ah, darn, you have to go buy new ones <laughs> like that. And uh, I love decorating. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't like to decorate because I thought it was boring. This is a boring job. I don't want to do this. But as you get older, you appreciate it. And it's fun. Like that. Sometimes, well, my mother does the decorating the tree, but sometimes she's sort of uh, wants to do it herself and uh, she wants perfection. And like, like if one ornament's out of place 
or like a light, she'll say, nah, fix it. <laughs> you know, put this over there. Oh my God, it's, I should get my own tree. <laughs> no. Also, uh, the toys I received when I was a kid, oh, hey, uh, that'll take a long time for me to explain, but uh, she would buy toys for us. I remember she went to the toy store. I remember we went to Children's Bargain Town in South Chicago. She bought a few couple of toys or Goldblatt's. Uh, they had a Goldblatt store at that area. We went down over downtown, you know, like uh, Carson's or Marshall Fields, maybe, or uh, whatever wherever toys were sold, you know. Uh, then as we got older, you know, she bought it from Weebolts. Toys R Us. Uh, I received like uh, toys from Fisher Price. Those were her favorites. Uh, I'll talk about that uh, someday. Maybe this year. We'll see. Uh, yeah, that's a good subject. Mm. Yeah, I'll talk about that. And the uh, board games. Got that. Uh, Tonka Toys. You know, there were so many. That uh, my brothers and I, we got that, and uh, we played, and then we got bored, and then we got new ones. And uh, as we got older, she bought us clothes like sweaters, uh, pants, shirts, you know, like that. Then when I got older, went Christmas shopping too. That's fun. It's crazy now. Now everything's done online, and you know what? That's not fun. <laughs> you know, sitting on your butt. On a computer and just ordering, and you really go to the store, you know, you get a little exercise, you know, like that. But then a rush of doing that. And so, uh, but other memories when I was younger is like when it snowed on Christmas. It's so beautiful, it really is. When it, or when it's really cold. When it's really cold, yeah. But when there's snow on the ground, we did have white Christmases. Uh, so in some years, and it looks beautiful, like that. I like it then. After January, like January 1st, no. I want it gone. I just, uh, like, go away. We don't want it. Don't come back. But it lingers. It stays until March. <laughs> so that's a shame. Like that. Uh, but also you get uh, gifts from your stockings, you know, which is kind of cool. I still get that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, but it, that's a beautiful time. It really is. Okay. So that's it for this program. Uh, I'll do a recap of what I talked about. I talked about uh, my earliest Christmas, Christmas memories as a child. Also, my fourth anniversary of being diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, I'm glad I got that out of the way. I feel better. Uh, this podcast will be published uh, later on today. Uh, wherever podcasts are available, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Breaker, Overcast. If you use one of those apps, please hit subscribe or follow. You get the latest episode. Also, uh, it'll be posted on my blog, www.banishchicagoland.blog. It'll be there. Also, uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, someone, A couple people have asked me yesterday, where do I listen to your podcast? We're doing this again. Just go to YouTube, do a search, hit subscribe. 
you know, find Vanishing Goblin Stories and hit the subscribe button. You will get a notification and you'll get the latest episodes. You can listen to previous episodes if you like. You have time, you know. Oh, there was a point I want to make uh, before I'm done. Uh, and then also be posted on my social media accounts, Facebook, X, Instagram, Threads, Reddit, and LinkedIn. They'll all be posted there. And, you know, I ran into a friend of mine I just met uh, recently, and he says, uh, you know, Peter, I don't have time to uh, listen to your po- podcast because I'm, I'm so busy. And I feel terrible about this. I go, don't worry about it. You know, if you have time, make the time. You know, just don't worry. You can listen to your car if you have time. And he said, yeah, I'll do that. I will do that. He felt guilty about it. Please don't feel guilty. No, don't do that. But he wants to listen. He wants to listen, you know, because he says, you do an amazing job. I, I like what you do. You are fabulous. You know, that's nice like that. Okay. This is Pico Stiles, your host for Vanish Gallman Stories. Thank you for joining me. Uh, today's weather is kind of eh, gloomy, not that cold. That's a great Sunday. Um, so uh, just enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks. And uh, here's Bye Bye for me. And here's a little traveling music with Ray Rayner saying bye, bye, bye. Take care, everyone, and so long. We have to go. Bye, bye, bye.